No, this takes place in Tillamook, which is where we make all of our cheese. It's good cheese. It is good cheese. Oh, here's one called Ghost of the Rock Piles, or Thrill-Seeking Bigfoots and Sasquatches. Like, the Bigfoots and Sasquatches are doing the thrill-seeking. Is that a category of stories? Is there, like, a whole section just of Bigfoot stories? No. Are we going to introduce ourselves and tell oh, the listeners shit. what we're uh, doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is an afternoonified mini. I'm gonna we're be... doing a boo-ha-ha this week. Yeah. Um, well, I, I started, I was going to just find the story online, and, like, I've heard it, but I heard it from... Like, someone I was hiking with. Like, I heard it like you were supposed to hear a ghost story. But then it's, like, a whole thing. And then I actually checked in with one of the clients at the place that I work because they had a, like, a foot in this, I guess. Anyways, uh, I was watching a nature documentary last night. And uh, in China, there are these monkeys that have uh, adapted to walk upright on the snow during the winter. Oh, so big feet. Yep. That's the long and short of that story. Well, so much for my uh, modified outro. <laughs> Turns out Bigfoot is real. No, Bigfoot's just a, a snub-nosed golden monkey. Yeah, there you go. Which, weirdly, like, I monkeys freak me out quite a bit. These monkeys were yeah, I'm. They need to be, like, this is going to sound racist, the right kind of monkeys. <laughs> Some monkeys are really cute, but the ones that, like, when they start to look too human, I start to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I cannot handle orangutans. Yeah, no. Which meant that scene in the new Jungle Book, like, beautiful film, that scene with Christopher Walken was a no-go. <laughs> and uh, I don't like watching videos of monkeys, like, dressed up or, like, being taken care of by humans. Like, it makes me, like, cringe. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe monkeys should just be, like... You know, in zoos, if they needed rescued or cared for or just out in the fucking wild, like, they should never, ever, ever, ever be pets. There was a segment on Unsolved Mysteries, and I can't remember what they named the chimp, but it was supposed to be, like, a very human chimp, and he even, like, looked, like, off from, like, what you would expect a chimp to be. And so, like, the whole thing was, like, is he some new kind of animal that's, like, closer to human? And it wasn't. He was just a super smart chimp. But I hated that whole segment. Yeah, I... They're too smart to be pets. Yeah. Chimps specifically. Gorillas yeah. I'm, like, weirdly okay with. They're they're a little fuzzier, I guess. I, I mean, I do start tearing up every time I think about Coco and her, her kittens. And the kitten? This is so off topic. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So um, I'm going to tell you about the Forest Park Witch's Castle, which is neither a castle nor has anything to do with a witch. No witches in the story whatsoever. Uh, well, yeah, depends on how pilgrimy or pioneery your definition of a witch is. Okay, so this, like I said, is from the book Haunted Oregon. An old decrepit-looking building in Portland's Forest Park very much resembles a castle in shambles. Over the years, it has become a popular place for teenagers and young adults to hang out, often bringing with them spirits of a less paranormal kind. <laughs> oh it's where teenagers have keggers and smoke weed i mean every teenager's gotta have that one place I didn't it really might as well that. be at runes in the wood i didn't really go to teen drinking parties i mean i didn't when i was a teen either but like i still had a place you know yeah we, i mean we like, did have a place kids these days 
Um, They don't need to drink whiskey and beer, however, to encounter the presence of a witch that is said to inhabit the broken castle and surrounding forest. The witch's story starts in about 1850, when a man named Danford Balk filed a claim for the land in question. And, after securing the property, hired a transient worker from Fort Vancouver, Washington, named Mortimer Stump. What? That's not a real name. This is all of... Like, this is actually... This happened. This Um, is the actual history stuff? This part. Uh, Because of his dire circumstances, the tramp wound up living with the family, Balk and his wife, Mary Jane, and their nine children which added another mouth to an already full dinner table. As the days moved on, turning into weeks and months, Stump, a lonely fellow, began to be affectionate towards one of Bulk's daughters, 15-year-old Anna. Nope. Nope. Stop right there. Don't do it. The tale doesn't reveal how old Stump was, but is assumed that there was quite a span of years between him and young Anna. I would imagine it was terrible. At least ten. No, well, no, maybe like closer to like five or six. With a name like Mortimer Stump, he's like permanently at least 35. Sarah, this was 1850. This is when we were making Mortimer Stumps. This is when they were minted. I, I still think, though, like if you if you have a Mortimer Stump, you are born at the age of 35. You can't be <laughs> younger than that. That, however, didn't stop the collision course upon which the two had set themselves. The feelings must have been mutual because when Stump asked Balk if he could marry his daughter, Anna fought for the cause as well. Balk, in an effort to protect his daughter from marrying an older man and one without much economic promise, said no. Good on you, my man. Yeah. She's 15. She doesn't know. The discussion apparently became so heated that Balk threatened Stump, telling him that if he married his daughter behind his back, he would seek revenge and kill him which I'm pretty sure was legal in 1850. 100%. The couple, either truly in love or determined not to be bullied by Anna's parents. This is how those stories about, like, a teenage girl convincing her, like, 30-year-old boyfriend to kill her parents start. Yeah. (laughs) Determined not to be bullied by Anna's parents. Moved ahead with their wedding plans. One day, after packing and preparing, Stump and Anna left for Stump's land claim across the Willamette River, northeast of present-day St. John's, which is, I don't know, it's a weird neighborhood, like... It used to be kind of gross, but now it's getting, like, gentrified a little. Not uh, not that the opposite of gross is gen- gentrified, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's okay. It's way out of the way. <laughs> anyway, they eloped in St. John's. As might be expected from such a story, Balk eventually carried out his promise to Stump. Ironically, however, it was Balk's wife, Mary Jane, who goaded her husband to go through with the evil deed. Sometime after their marriage, the couple known as Mr. and Mrs. Stump returned to Portland for supplies, and while there, ran into Anna's parents. Womp womp. Portland, I imagine, was a small town in these days. Mm, I mean, yeah, it wasn't big, but, like, it's on the river, so it was big for shipping. Mm, Yeah, that's fair. I assume it would be kind of in line with, like, what Minneapolis was about this time. Yeah, most likely. Um, Because this is also where a lot of people headed on the Oregon Trail. I'm pretty sure the end of the Oregon Trail is here. Yeah, Willamette, I remember very specifically. You do the Dallas, you have to, like, do the river fords, and then you, like, get to, like, the did Willamette Valley. Did you say Valley. the Dalles? I don't know. I've only ever read it. I've never it heard Dalles, it. It is the Dalles, but it did sound like you said Dallas. It, that's how I, the Dallas? It's the Dalles. Well, there are D-A-L-L-E-S. So. Yes, and Willamette. I, I've only ever read it, Emily. <laughs> But now you're learning. Don't learn me things. For anyone else, it's pronounced Oregon. (laughs) 
you'd be surprised how many well-known podcasters seem to have trouble with that. Is it the Nevada, Nevada thing? Okay, look, sometimes you're feeling fancy. (laughs) So Mary Jane, playing devil's advocate, urged her husband to kill their unwanted son-in-law. Balk pumped the shotgun he had nearby, just at the market, I guess. Uh, I mean, you always just kind of carried a shotgun around with you in those days, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, For bears? (laughs) Took aim at Stump's face and pulled the trigger, killing the man instantly and leaving his young daughter a widow. It was a crime for which Anna could not forgive her parents. Yeah. I mean, fair. Uh, That's very rude. (laughs) Uh, During his trial, Balk said he acted outside his own volition, claiming his wife had put a curse on him and caused him to kill Stump. Because that's how it works. Of course. I love that it's just, I mean. Really throwing her under the horse buggy. You killed your daughter's husband and you excuse it by saying your wife put a curse on you. Like, it's. It's never your problem, is it? It's always the problem of the women in your life. Well, yeah. Uh, We don't know much about Balk's wife or why he suggested that she had cursed him. I don't know, trying to get out of jail. Uh, But there must have been a reason for him to say that. He's trying to get out of jail. (laughs) Uh, He was either trying to excuse his deed or Mary Jane had been practicing witchcraft. I wonder what. And it was definitely the latter. Uh, No matter, Balk eventually got his due and he was sent to jail, later escaped, was arrested again, and then hanged for his crime on October 17th, 1859. Good. Balk's life ends there, but the witch's story does not. Balk's Balk's land eventually was divided among his children, while Mary Jane continued to live in the couple's cabin. As time marched on, the land was used by several owners and eventually was given to the city of Portland by Donald McLeay in 1897. Not far from the ball cabin, a stone structure was built in the 1950s as a ranger station with restrooms and a tool shed for visitors. Uh, Time took its tool... I can't read, Sarah. I know this has become a problem for our podcast. Why are we doing this podcast? I can't read. All your donations will go towards buying me Hooked on Phonics. (laughs) And also that Muzzy series from the 90s with that big hairy thing who taught you French. Just for fun. You remember that? I think I do. You're like unlocking like some deep hidden part of my brain that vaguely remembers Muzzy. Yeah. Continue while I Google this. Fellow old people who listen. Uh, Time took its toll on the building, however, and it eventually deteriorated and was left abandoned except for the teenagers and ghosts that supposedly roam there. It is in this building, built on land once owned by the alleged witch Mary Jane Balk that resembles a castle. Orbs, strange lights, and dark shapes have been seen in this area. There is also supposedly a strange battle between spirits that on occasion appear out of nowhere at midnight, dressed in battle gear, and waging war on each other. On the battlefront, that is, according to lore, the witch's property. If indeed she was a witch at all. Witch. Doubtful. If this is true, it appears the feud that started more than 150 years ago in this otherwise peaceful forest in Portland still continues in the netherworld, where the Balk family and Mr. and Mrs. Mortimer Stump now reside. Apparently death and the passing of decades have done little to assuage the contention between the two clans. Okay. Here's the fucking thing. It is just a stone structure that they built... To be a ranger, a ranger, station. ranger station and bathrooms, but there was a flood in the early 60s that rendered it uh, destroyed. So it has just been sitting there. And, and uh, they just didn't feel like rebuilding it. It exactly. wasn't a priority. It would be amazing to have bathrooms on that part of the trail, though, I will say. <laughs> 
No, I have been there many, many, many times. Uh, it's a nice hike. Uh, any ghosts? Nothing. Any spooky stories? Nothing. Because uh, it was built in the 1950s and it's bathrooms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, because the, there's no top to it anymore. And I think a tree fell over one of the stairways recently. It is maintained by the Forest Park Conservancy, which is a nonprofit. Uh, they're great. They're very nice people. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like open, it's cool, like, we've, I've been there for film shoots before. I mean, it sounds like very, I'm gonna look up a picture of it now, but like, very scenic. Yeah, Uh, never seen anything, it's bathrooms, and like, people will try to tell you that it is like the crumbled remains of the Balk homestead. It's just in the general vicinity. They wouldn't have built it out of stone. Yeah, not in that time period. Oh, that is cool as hell. Right? I mean, I love any rundown ruins yeah. of any kind. Um, so it does have, like, a Blair Witch vibe to it, but just know there's no witch. No witches whatsoever. It's just people in the vicinity, like, people who used to own the land who, like, committed a murder. Not on the land. Anyway, I'm sure I'm sure that was, like, a gripping story for everybody. In boo-ha-ha fashion. In true boo-ha-ha fashion. I didn't mean to chomp Avalon's flavor. It's just kind of how it worked out. Well, we all learned something today, and that is how to pronounce Oregon. <laughs> Willamette. Oregon. Rogue River. The Dalles. Beavers. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. We love you. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.